today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Living by faith. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of that which is not yet seen. Oh, it's there. You have evidence of it. You know it. You just haven't realized it yet. But knowing that and living like that will help you get through whatever it is that you're going through in this life. That was Paul's secret. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. When you're going through an especially difficult trial, it can be so hard to see an end in sight. In fact, it's hard to see any sort of hope. But that's when we got to start walking by faith and not by sight. In today's message, Pastor J.D. reminds us of the promises we have in Christ, which are always holding us, especially when we can't see it. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with his continuing study, Don't Lose Heart. If you're here and you're really struggling, don't rob us as your brothers and sisters in Christ of the blessing that is ours to bear your burdens, to weep with you when you weep, and to pray for you. You're robbing us of a great and grand blessing. That's what the body of Christ is to do. That's what a healthy body does, does it not? You know, when cancer cells grow in the body, it's because the cells in the body are not functioning correctly. And they start attacking each other. That's called cancer. And that'll destroy a body physically, just like it'll destroy a body of believers as well. That's what we're to be as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're to love one another as we love ourselves. Is that not the greatest of the commandments? To love our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, strength, all of our being, and to love our neighbor as we already love ourselves. I say it that way because I've actually heard it said, well, I need to love myself. That's why it's so hard to love my neighbor. Stop. (laughs) You're killing me, man. You love yourself plenty. You love yourself. That's never a problem. And that's why Jesus said, love your neighbor as you're already loving yourself. Well, let's move on. The second reason we should never give in to despair, never lose heart is because we are going to have eternal bodies. This one's big for me, no pun intended, because this body has got some miles on it. And every morning when I get up, especially on Sunday mornings at 4 a.m. when I get up, I groan. And it's getting worse, by the way. And when I see my face in the mirror, I groan even more, actually. But listen to what Paul says in verse 2. He tells them that in the meantime, 
As we wait and groan for our heavenly bodies, we earnestly desire to be clothed instead with our heavenly bodies. We're going to get a glorified, I cannot wait. I've already put my order in for my new body. You know, I, this one, I, when they were handing out shoulders, I must not have been there that day because I got no shoulders, I got no chin. I won't go into all the, you know, details, enough of my problems. I mean, I'm asking God for, I mean, I want to be buffed, man. I want to get, you know. My uh, 18-year-old son is a bodybuilder, and I mean, he is totally built, right? He can totally take me, and he knows it. In verse 3 he goes on to say that if indeed we are clothed with our heavenly bodies, we will not be found naked with disembodied spirits. That's what he's saying there, and he says that because that's what some in that day believed. And then in verse 4 he says, while we are in this tent, he says it for a second time, we groan and are burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, so that our death and mortality may be swallowed up by life in victory. What's Paul saying here? Well, it's very interesting, because what he's saying is echoing what he said in his first epistle, concerning the rapture, in the context of the rapture. Listen to what he says, chapter 15, verses 50 through 58. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, speaking of death, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, oh death, I love Paul taunting death here, where, oh death, is your victory? Where, oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Don't lose heart. Don't give in to despair. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because... You ready? Wait for it. You know... You know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That's why. It does me no good when somebody comes to me and says, Hey, don't lose heart. You need to tell me why and how it is that I'm able to not lose heart. And that's what Paul is doing here. And this brings us to our third reason. It's because we possess the promise. And I'm going to add to that word promise, the guarantee. Strong word. Guarantee, and I'll explain why in just a moment. The guarantee of eternity. It is guaranteed. It is, as we say, a done deal. 
In verse 5, Paul says that it's God who has fashioned us for this purpose and given us the Spirit as, now listen to this, a deposit guaranteeing what is to come, an earnest deposit, if you will. And then in verse 6 he says, it's for this reason we're confident and know that as long as we're home in the body, we will be away from the Lord. And then in verses 7 and 8 he says, for now we live by faith, not by sight. And he says we're confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Let me just say parenthetically that This passage is actually the passage of my choice whenever I do a graveside service because herein is the explanation of what happens when you die. Very simply, I'm going to use the illustration that I've used many times before of your common light bulb. When that light bulb burns out, you take it out of the socket, you put it into the rubbish, and then they come and they take it and it goes to the dump. Now, that bulb is like our bodies. In fact, the bulb is like the body, dust to dust, ashes to ashes. When we're absent from our body, that body goes into the ground from where it was created. Well, what happens to the spirit? Well, Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Your spirit like the electricity, goes back to its source. That, of course, presupposes that you're born again of the Spirit of God. Your spirit, my daughter, my parents, I hope my father, I know my mother, they are in the presence of the Lord, in their spirit. But their bodies are here on earth, from where they were created. Now, what about the soul? Well, the soul is like the light. When you bring bulb and electricity together, you have light. When you bring body and spirit together, you have a living soul for all eternity. And what Paul is saying here is, we long, we groan for that day when we're going to get our new bodies, our glorified bodies, and those who died in Christ at that resurrection, at the rapture, the dead in Christ rise first, their body, my daughter's body, glorified body, because she put off her disease-ridden body, her glorified body will rise first, and the spirit and the body will be reunited for all eternity, creating a living soul. A living soul. That's what Paul is saying here. Well, let's talk about this guarantee. This is really interesting for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that Paul is referencing our engagement as the bride to the bridegroom. And this word guarantee that he uses in the original language of the Greek New Testament, it literally means engagement ring. How cool is that? I know this is weird for guys. Ladies love this, you know. I'm engaged to be married. (laughs) You know, guys, when you talk about us being the bride of Christ, it really messes us guys up, you know, a lot, doesn't it? Can I get an amen on that? Never mind, let's just move on. (laughs) I mean, guys, we're the bride of Christ. 
The church of Jesus Christ is the bride of Christ. We are engaged. We have that guarantee. We have that promise. It's a promise ring, if you prefer. We have that future promise, and it's guaranteed to us. And as such, we're being prepared for that which Jesus said He went to prepare for us. You know when He says, in my Father's house there are many dwelling places? You know what He's describing? A bridal chamber. A bridal chamber. Perhaps you might remember the ancient Jewish bridal customs and how they relate to not just the rapture of the church, but the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. For you see, the bridegroom would come at an hour that no man knew, and he would catch away as a thief in the night his bride and take her to the place he prepared for her in his father's house, and they would consummate and celebrate the marriage for a period of seven days. That's the seven-year tribulation. As one said, while the world is tribulating, we're going to be celebrating. And at the end of the seven years, the bride and the bridegroom emerge from the bridal chamber, having consummated their marriage, and they have a huge marriage feast. That's the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we're the bride by His side. That's what Paul is talking about here. That's what awaits us. That's what awaits us. Now, I know what you're thinking, because I can read minds. It's a gift that God's given me. Just a minute, I'm going to, oh wow, okay, well. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. Wow, pastor, fabulous sermon. Great exposition of the text. I mean, perfect three-point sermon, praise the Lord. But, what about now? Everything you've shared with us is all yet future. The common denominator is we have to wait until eternity before we realize any of this. So you're sitting here saying, what about here and now? How do I not lose heart after receiving a devastating diagnosis? How do I not lose heart when I've just lost a loved one? How do I not lose heart when I've just lost my job and I don't have money for this month's bills? I mean, this is all fine and dandy in eternity, but I'm losing heart now. How? How? Well, Please know that I in no way wish to make light of the difficulty and suffering that you may have brought with you today, but hear me out. Is this not where faith comes in? It's also where verse 7 comes in, where Paul simply says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Don't just read over that. Don't just, you know, read past that. Think about that. In other words, Paul did not lose heart in spite of all his sufferings because he didn't live his life based on sight and circumstances. 
He wasn't living his life based on what was happening in his life. He lived his life by faith, by fixing his eyes of faith, not on that which is seen in the temporal, but that which is seen not in the eternal. And by the way, is that not what faith is? The writer of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 defines for us what this triumphant and victorious faith looks like. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but I want you to listen very carefully to the word he uses next. The evidence, forensic evidence of things not seen. That's the key. Living by faith. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of that which is not yet seen. Oh, it's there. You have evidence of it. You know it. You just haven't realized it yet. But knowing that and living like that will help you get through whatever it is that you're going through in this life. That was Paul's secret. How about the evidence Paul presented to the church in Colossia? It's in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. He says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, can't wait, then you also will appear with Him in glory. It was Mark Twain who unfortunately said, you can be so heavenly minded you're of no earthly good. I think the opposite is true. The more heavenly minded you are, the more earthly good it will be. The more you set your mind on things above. Isaiah 26.3, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, says you will keep him in perfect peace. Not just peace, perfect peace. Who? Who's kept in perfect, oh, whose mind is stayed on you, keyword stayed, fixed. Paul says, my eyes are fixed, stayed on him. Why? Because he trusts in you. Here's the thing that I'm learning in my walk with the Lord personally is that God is only always good. No matter how bad it is, it cannot change how good God always is. One of my favorite life verses in Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14. This is the verse God gave me when my daughter was dying. David writes, I am still confident of this. I can say confidently, kind of echoes what the Apostle Paul says, I'm confident, I know this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know where that is? That's this side of heaven. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And he gives himself a good talking to. Now, talking to self is different than self-talk. 
self-talk, you know, listen, don't listen to yourself, really. You need to have a good talk with yourself. You need to sit yourself down. Boy, (laughs) sit down. I'm going to talk to you. And that's what David does. And he has a talk with himself. He says, be strong. Wait on the Lord and you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And he tells himself that twice. Be strong and take heart. Don't lose heart. Take heart. Why? Because. You'll see. You'll see. Oh, but it presupposes that your eyes are focused and fixed on Him. Your mind stayed on Him. The proverb says, as a man thinketh in his heart, I thought we thought with our minds. No. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. One has called it aptly stinking thinking. Stinking thinking. You are what you think. And if you have stinking thinking, you need a check up from the neck up. (laughs) That's what my boss once told me many, many years ago. He got stinking thinking. I do kind of, don't I? Yeah. You know, we in Hawaii say we talk stink. You know, we think stink. In fact, we think stink quite a bit more than we talk stink, right? Oh, if only people could really read our minds. Oh, what they would hear. Not good. Not good. I want to close with one commentator's illustration as it relates to this fixing of our eyes on the eternal in the midst of the temporal trials of this life. A man in the middle of many painful trials took a walk in his neighborhood and saw a construction crew at work on a big church. He stood and watched a stone craftsman work a long time on a block, but could not see where the block would fit because the church appeared to be finished. He watched the man work on the block carefully and methodically, slowly shaping it into a precise pattern. Finally, he asked, why are you spending so much time chipping and shaping that block? The craftsman pointed up to the top of the nearly completed steeple and said, I'm shaping it down here so it will fit up there. The man in the middle of the trials instantly knew what God was ministering to him. He was being prepared down here so that he would fit perfectly up there. The book of 2 Corinthians has much to teach us, but sadly that's all we have time for in today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Be sure to join us again, though, as Pastor J.D. Farag continues teaching his verse-by-verse study through the book of 2 Corinthians. In the meantime, you can find more messages from Pastor J.D. by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well and receive new messages as soon as they're available. You can also download our mobile app for iPhone and Android, and you'll always have teachings from God's Word right at your fingertips. You'll also want to check out Pastor J.D.'s Aloha Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. shares the current events and how they relate to the end-time prophecies described in the Bible. 
The purpose behind these updates is to take a practical look at the end times and how events occurring around the world coincide with biblical prophecy. Pastor J.D. hopes the information he provides stirs in us an urgency to share the gospel and make sure all have heard the good news of Jesus before he returns to judge the world. There's much to learn each week, and Pastor J.D. does a great job of getting us the information we need. You can find new and previous updates by going to our YouTube channel. Just search the Aloha Prophecy Update on YouTube. We hope today's message has touched your life and left you craving more from the Word of God. Join Pastor J.D. next time for another in-depth look at the book of 2 Corinthians, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Holy.